everybody it's your girl jasmine shay welcome to another edition of shay says happy monday i'm not gonna lie to you i'm still in bed i was so overtired i couldn't sleep but i did binge watch the second season of unsolved mysteries on netflix all but one because i was that overtired where i couldn't i just wasn't ready to read subtitles quite yet <laughs> I was like, no, this is going to happen today. <laughs> but very intriguing. Like it. You all should watch. Love the Berkshires episode about the UFO. I definitely have bug bites all over my legs. <laughs> I thought I was good, too. Like, I found, like, now four, I think. There's, like, one on my ankle. There's, like, two on... Uh, one's, like, right above... Right above in between a different two different tattoos. And then, like, one's, like, on my like lower thigh butt cheek which is annoying because it's just like how the hell did you get there <laughs> i sprayed like myself with off at least four times as soon as it got dark i was like mm -hmm, nope so I, I didn't change so i felt like how did i not get bugs be finding ways man ever since i was little and i knew that mosquitoes were like obsessed with mixed girl blood i was like spray me i will let my let my let, let my body wash be fucking off <laughs> I ever go out. Mm, that's a nice perfume you got on today. What do you got? Off, off body spray. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you guys had a wonderful Fourth of July. Yeah, and you're like, oh, he went to a party. We were very good with our social distancing till the drinking happened. But that wasn't until like most. But everyone would actually people who had their tents. Everyone's tent was very spread out. Um, if we had like a circle thing going on, I had a mask and I had a straw for a little bit. Um, and then as just, you know, people came and there, everyone was spread out, we were, well, we were cautious, we were having a good time. I had a blast. A few scary moments was when you realized you're like, ooh, I'm a little fucked up. How did this happen so quickly? It's <laughs> so when you get up, when you've been sitting there and you've been comfortable so long, you're like, wait a minute, I think I should probably sit back down. <laughs> A couple scary moments with the fireworks, but all in all, wonderful party. And loved watching my friends just come up on this kid and just take this drum away and be like, nope, not having a drum circle. <laughs> I love her. Uh, I also watched the um, documentary Athlete A, and that was so powerful and moving. And, and um, you know, as I say, July's a little hard for me, but... It was uh, dealing with my rape and sexual assault, but um, just seeing the women being able to stand up and, and call out their, uh, you know, the guy that violated them, uh, that doctor was just, Larry Nazareth was just amazing. And just to see how, like, screwed up gymnastics, UF gymnastics was. Like, I always knew something was going on. When you would like, like, remember, would, remember just watching and like not seeing like the girls like in, on in the on the uh, when did the Olympics on the foreign teams like never smiling and you're like they take it so serious like you could tell either they're like that that's saying America did it but you know they smiled and had fun but then you see like the turn of it where we're like whoa like okay like you know they're strict in their regime but then this is see how they just swept this all over uh, under the rug for decades it's just incredibly hurt and insulting and just oh, but I, I hope I hope uh, everyone involved gets in trouble for it 
legally, as they should. I also watched the Jeffrey Epstein thing, and we see that his, uh, pimp daddy lady, whatever her name is, I can't think of it, Glendolyn something, I don't know, some, some weird name, um, she just got arrested. I think that she's a dead bitch walking, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping they keep her alive, but I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting either way to see what happens. Um, but so there's I did talk about how there was more cases that popped up uh, in my town and uh, Albany, and there was from uh, two different restaurants, and now it seems that five people from each restaurant have been. And what's unfortunate is seeing people like I made a fun of in light of the one bar just because of like my experiences going there, but the other restaurant is like always busy. This Italian like you know steakhouse. And now the people are like, I remember like telling somebody how they were, you know, closing down and I heard at, at work and a customer was just like, oh yeah, but they're opening up on Monday. And I was like, that's impossible. I was like, they shouldn't be because there's going to be more people that are going to get tested positive and they're not done testing yet. And then everyone, and then I hear people like, well, it's just, you know, that one place was doing protocol. This one was just an unfortunate incident. Unfortunate incident. No, something happened and someone was sick and someone went to work. Or someone went there somewhere where they didn't. Like, it's not, it's not. And it's all unfortunate that this has happened, but just because one's an Italian, uh, Italian steakhouse <coughs> and the other one's just some random fucking bar to go to. Like, stop. We're all humans. This doesn't, this illness doesn't discriminate against anybody. This illness does not. Please wear a mask. Please wash your hands. I, I've said it before in the last one. I know we all gross. <laughs> we have to be less gross. Like, I know the county fairs just got... The New York State Fair just got canceled. I mean, that's... I, I, again, I feel bad for all of the vendors that, you know, rely on the money for this. But I'm sure that they also understand that, like... They don't know who the fuck all you people are. They don't know where you've been. People come all over from New York to see... Or to go to the fair. And that... So, you know, New York... We don't, it's, you don't know everybody in New York, but they have the same thing with, like, Broadway. Everyone's, like, upset about Broadway being closed. Unless you're a Broadway fan, it's one of those that, like, people come to the city to either go to the city or to go to see a Broadway show. And they come from everywhere to come see a Broadway show. All over the world they come in to see a Broadway show. That is why they're closing it down. They're protecting everybody. It's protecting everybody. I don't understand why it's hard. We can't protect everybody. Oh, it's exhausting. Ugh. Ugh. And then this morning we had the con artist in chief going after Bubba Wallace saying that um, he needs to apologize to everybody because that news thing was a hoax. No, it's not. It was not a hoax. Let's actually... Has Bubba Wallace... This is his tweet from four hours ago. So this is this morning. Has Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid and stood by him and willing to sacrifice everything for him to only find out this whole thing was another hoax? That and the flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. His white supremacy is glowing. Like, fucking glowing. First of all, that is a news. I don't care what any. I know that there are some white people out there who will never understand what it 
feeling of looking at a noose and thinking to yourself you're about to die. Because history has shown us that white people like to lynch black people. Like to throw around the noose to be like, you want to die? There's still lynching going on. And Bubba Wallace didn't find the noose. His staff did. And his staff informed him. NASCAR even put out in their statement that it was a noose. The FBI said it was a noose. Was it not a hate crime in some people's opinions? That is still up to debate. I don't know. I've never seen a noose rig up something other than a black person. So I wouldn't tell you if it could rig up something like a garage door. This president is racist. Oh, God. And then, of course, the internet remains undefeated because did anybody see those clips of that, of the, the Con Artists and Chiefs 4th of July celebration? They have, like, the army like, cover band, or every army band, like, playing covers, and there's just, like, this dude, white dude singing Bruno Mars' Uptown Funk. And fun fact, Bruno Mars actually sang that in 2015 for Barack Obama at their 4th of July celebration, but when the, the person pans... Because he's in the middle of singing, Uptown Funk You Up. Say Uptown Funk You Up. And then he's like, you say it. And he put, like, all of them point to the crowd. And there's, like, nobody but, like, 14 people just dancing. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I like this feeling. Let me hear it again. I'm like, hear what again? I can't even hear them say <laughs> There's no crowd. I also, I actually just signed up to get two tickets to the Trump rally. In Paramount, New Hampshire. It's going to be on Saturday, July 22nd, and I cannot wait to not go. I know a lot of my other friends are going. I think there's like a lot of Anastasia Bevenhausers showing up. Amanda Hug and Kiss. You know, all the good classic Simpson names. <laughs> it's going to be a fun time, but no one's going to be there. <laughs> um. So we are going to continue with our second part of my episode with Colin Fregisetto of Circus Survive. You can check out all of his information that we have links over at our website, SheaSays.com. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe at SheaSays.com. We have a phone number, which I apologize I still haven't set up the voicemail on my phone you can leave a voicemail I just haven't been able to retrieve them yet <laughs> but if you want to give me a call want to chat leave me a voicemail you can do so at 518-618-9 I'm sorry 518-618-4924 again that is 518-618-4924 that number is also uh, on our Spotify link pages too and I believe on our Apple it's part of um, I believe it's on our site too as well if you want to give me a call but I will eventually get that on my phone so many apps that Sam Samantha makes me download so many it looks like I also still really might have to 
see what's going on in California if I can make it out there for my vacation at the end of the month. So we will see. But let's continue with my conversation with Colin. I'm loving all the feedback you guys are having with it. Um, I will come back and tell you a great story about (laughs) that whole first time I heard um, on letting go from Circa for the first time and my reaction to it because I have some defenses in that but I hope you guys enjoy the second half part two of my conversation with Colin of Circa Survive well that's the key word it's about being seen because it has you know like at the end of the day I know who knows me and right. they know my intentions or something if I say so if somebody says something they don't like me it's like all right well I can I can give you the time if you want to try to you know talk to me, but if if you're dead set on just like not like you just don't like me, then I'm like no, you're not gonna live rent free in my head. Then like we can move on, mm. have a good day. You know it was an encounter. You learn from it, good. But it it is. I I just I've 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 always like I've I've talked to some of my friends in the music business who have like said something and it's been misconstrued and the media blows like up on it and I'm it does last those two or three days and then people seem to forget and move on. And mm-hmm. it, and it, and it's one of those now with what this situation is, is that like, I don't think people are really going to forget and move on. I feel like there's going to be more, if, if you said something wrong or you've done something wrong in the past and you've kind of didn't own up to it or did a, a victim mentality, like of like, well, it wasn't, you know, cause some people have their statements that I feel like are like, well, I, you know, was young and I didn't know any better, but it's like, they don't talk about what they've learned from it. And it's like yeah. that, their typical response is it's like, yeah, no, people aren't going to let that go because I, they feel like you're not going to want to learn from it. There's somewhere in that statement where you're just kind of like, yeah, it happened, whatever, move on. So this is coming out next week. And it's just like, no, no, we can still talk about it. <laughs> Cause you know, people are probably going to bring it up to you at your show or an event or something. So why don't you just work on it now? But some people aren't still ready to work on it. Yeah. It's true. The other part of the thing was you guys was $11,000 you've made so far? I I would assume that it's um pretty more than that now. Pretty more yeah, it's probably cuz uh, that was like I don't know, I want to say like a week and a half ago or so. It was the beginning of June that 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 we were um that we were at that which was nuts because when we when we announced that we were shifting the money that we we made through that to go um well oh, initially it was going to documentary i should mention <laughs> right 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 yeah, yeah. travel him our blue sky noise um documentary which um you know is not officially out for like purchase or like streaming or anything yet but it's um you know it's available well you can yeah you can purchase it uh like a download of it a pay what you want download over at um merchlimited.com and it's essentially you know it was, you know, at first, you know, we're, we're kind of in a place where, um, yeah, we're just in a very uncertain time as a band financially. And we were kind of like, we, we came up with all these various ideas of like, how can we sustain ourselves through this time? So, you know, we started the Patreon and then um, having this documentary come, we had this thing we were sitting on and it was like, okay, well, maybe after we use that as a way to get people to sign up for the Patreon, like maybe we can put it up as a pay what you want download and we can raise a little bit of extra money that way. And so we like, that was initially like, we thought it would just be like a couple thousand bucks that we get to have and th- throw it in the bank account. Really didn't think that it could be anything substantial. And then 
it was like growing and we were seeing the money and then it, the timing just aligned and we were like, you know, being in a place where financially we're kind of hurting and then we had just done our suicide awareness shirt, which, you know, we, we do every year. And, um, you know, we've just had a lot of like a hundred percent charity things that we've done recently. And it, it also burns out like our fans sometimes, you know, cause they're like, how many shirts can you buy? <laughs> and like, and like, so we're always like somewhat conscious of that, but really we're just like, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Like, even if it only raises a little bit, it's worth it. Um, but so obviously this felt like we just wanted to throw our weight behind some really righteous causes right now and really make an effort, especially being that we're all sort of locked down right now and feeling like we can't even be as part of the movement as, as much, um, as we want, you know, like I want to be out on the streets every fucking day, but like my wife and I are both high risk and like, we're real, we're real concerned about being exposed, um, to the virus right now. So it was like, you just want to be able to be a part of this in the most effective way possible. And there's all kinds of ways you can throw resources behind that. But we just saw the documentary. It just like all of a sudden was just like, Oh wow. Okay. Like we were at like six grand or something and the, the month was winding down and we were just like, you know what? Like we should just fucking donate every cent of this. And, um, and we we're like, it was instantaneous. Everyone agreed. And then that day we decided like, that was when we were just really feeling like, fuck, I just want to be, I just want to be in Minneapolis right now, like on those streets with those people and then seeing people getting arrested and, and feeling like, okay, I want to help them get out of jail. Like, like that, yeah. like, like that was instantaneously the first thing that we wanted to do. So we were going to be donating to the Minnesota freedom front, freedom fund and um so we announced that it was going to be donated half half to that fund and half to the na naacp and um then the freedom fund just got blown out like totally overfunded which is a great which is a great problem obviously yes. um <laughs> you know mm -hmm. uh, but they were suggesting to divert the funds elsewhere so we looked we had a look and since we really wanted to, to kind of go to that same, that same uh, spirit of backing protesters and backing people who are basically basically getting thrown in jail, um, putting their bodies on the line right now for for the for the movement, um, we're going to donate to the bail project. So, um, so half goes to the NAACP, and the other half goes to the bail project. And um, I think and that's right all now, linked on your website, right? Yeah, you can. I mean, it's it's the top it's the top post on all of our social media right now. I think, and um, or or very close to. And you can go to, I think it's like um, merchlimited.com backslash circus survive maybe or something like that. I'm sure if you Google merch limited, uh, it comes up. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's there. Um, I, I will can, say, I up, while you were talking, I was counting in my room about shirts. I I have. I do have a hoodie and I believe three shirts that were all part of donations of charity and one or in a long sleeve hoodie that I don't know if it got cut off. You didn't hear was the first one I got was this, you guys had your symbol, but it was in the pride flag. It was that oh, yes. sweater. 
Mm. And I wear it all the time and I fucking love it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like it's one of my essential things to wear all the time. But when June hits, I'm like, all right, it's still that nice little sweater weather at night. So we're going <laughs> to. Hell yeah. Oh, I totally fucked up. It was it's limited run. There's so many of these fucking companies that we got. All right. So it's circa survive dot limited dot com and that's where it's at. And it'll be up there for the rest of the month. And um yeah, I mean, it's pretty awesome. It's been it's been you know, it just every little bit helps, obviously. And it's just another way to like for us that's always been a major part of, I think, anti-racist action is to allocate resources where where they're needed, you know, and um, and that's one of the benefits of being a semi-popular band is that you can use your art as a way to help the causes that you care about and the people you care about. So, yeah. well, I mean, that's why I've I've I've, I've never had a bad experience at your guys' shows. Like, I've, I've, every time I even see a black friend, a fan at your show, like we embrace. We're like, yes, black circuit fans. Like, <laughs> you know, because even when I uh, worked at your former label, I was literally the only one of color, so it was always so awkward. So it was like when you saw someone else in the scene, you're like, yeah, you're not alone. But I've never felt alone at your guys' shows, and 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 I and I. Like I, my heart breaks because I was so excited to see you guys tour, but you know, I you guys did reschedule. But I wanted to dip on that because you guys were set to do a ten year anniversary tour, and then COVID happened, and mm-hmm. you know, just wanting to hear firsthand like how as a band you guys looked at it and like what your feeling was behind it, and yeah, goddamn man, it was uh, it was intense. Um, so like, yeah, I'll set the stage for you. Like I. You know, I live in Portland, Oregon, so I live across the country and the other the other guys are all in, um, you know, like Bucks County, like right outside of Philly in Pennsylvania. And and uh, so we've had this interesting relationship over the last, I guess I moved I moved to San Jose in 2013. So for about like seven years now, um, I've I've lived on the opposite coast of the guys and I travel to them um, every time we're going to tour or or record or whatever. And it works pretty well, actually. Um, But, you know, for me, sometimes it's a little it's a little heavy because it means I have to be I have to be away from Sarah um, an extra amount of time than anyone else would have to be away from their partners or family, you know, because I have to go two to three weeks early to Pennsylvania to rehearse and then the tour starts, right. Or then the recording starts. And, um, you know, in, in the case of recording, the other guys get to go home every day and I go back to like my parents house and hang out with them and my siblings and stuff, which is cool. It was great. One of the biggest pluses for me is that, um, you know, moving across the country, it was a, it was a lot easier of a decision knowing that my work would always bring me back there like multiple times a year mm-hmm. get to see get to see my family and stuff. Um, so right in March, um, you know, I, I, I would even say actually in February, we heard the CDC say that we should be preparing for a significant disruption of everyday life. And Sarah and I was like head turned like what like what are they mm. you know and it seemed like nobody was really 
paying much mind sense. to it. Yeah. yeah. And so we just started talking about it a lot and, it, and, and it seemed like, okay, maybe we're just overreacting because it really seems like there isn't much concern out there. And um, so right in the beginning of March though, it really started to creep into the consciousness of, of I think a lot of people and it was starting to make little headlines and there were some cases popping up and, um, and I remember like Sarah and I went to see like Tim and Eric here live and it was really like the first thing that we almost didn't go to. We were like, should we not go? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, we wound up going anyway. Um, it's just so interesting to think about like the mindset before, like pre pre COVID really like hit the mass consciousness. It was like, ah, oh, no, we'll be fine. You know, it's just like a show. Like just going to a the theater. I'm sure we'll be fine. And it's like, now we'd never fucking do that. But like, yeah. um, you know, we're just like, oh, okay. Um, and then like even our ignorance and just really what it was, was like, I remember the night before I flew out to Philly like I had a, an art show. I had a piece in an art show here and I was like, I'm going to this show. I'm going to go to the opening. And Sarah was like, Oh, I'm feeling kind of under the weather. Like I don't want to go in case I have it. And it was like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. like we weren't like, Oh my God, you might have, you know what I mean? Like yeah, we weren't yeah. even concerned yet. We weren't even like at that place of awareness yet realizing how serious everything was. Um, but so I fly out. Um, I want to say it was on like the, maybe like the, eighth or something like that seventh or eighth and I get out there and we start practicing every day and every day there's just more and more stories about it um again it's still not hitting the mass consciousness and no one's really saying that this is gonna significantly change how we're doing things yet and then i want to say it was probably on like the third day of of rehearsing that we heard an interview on Rogan. There was like this expert on infectious disease and, and pandemics um, on there. And it just totally hit us finally. Like it was mm -hmm. like, Oh, this is going to be really serious. And we're, we were like at the precipice of like a fucking tsunami. Like this is going to be crazy. And and then still, uh, we're continuing to, you know, meet up every day, like as if this tour is going to happen. And I think I, the cognitive dissonance of it all started driving me fucking crazy. And I started researching a little bit more. And I was just like thoroughly convinced that there was no way that we were going to be able to do this tour. And I started campaigning to the guys saying like, hey, we need to get on the phone with management. Like we need to call this thing. Like, I don't think we're going to be able to do it. <clears throat> and I think at first it was like some of the guys were with me and then the other, some of the guys were like, are you sure? Like this seems like it might not be the case. Like no one else is canceling or whatever. And then it was like Pearl Jam canceled a tour. And I just texted everyone like, we have to fucking do this. Like we got to get ahead of this now. Um, and, and yeah, so it was like really hard because the, phone call that we had with our agent and our management i believe it was on the 11th of march um we we decided like flat out there was no way that we could go forward with this tour and at this point our agent said are you sure you are the only band in my entire agency canceling anything 
Are you sure you want to do this? And I'm telling you not to make anyone feel bad for us at all, but like literally all of us had our lives budgeted out right up until this tour. So this tour, like yeah. we all were going to be broke um, and then need, need this tour to pay out for us to be able to pay for our lives. <laughs> and so I'm just trying to like paint the picture of how hard of a decision it was in that we had to completely trust in our intuition that it was in the interest of public safety and the better decision to ease some of the burden that was going to get put on the healthcare system by the influx of this stuff and really be a part of flattening the curve because it seemed like there wasn't going to be a shutdown at the time. It seemed like people are going to just fucking go forward with everything. And we just wanted to be, wanted to be a part of doing the right thing. Uh, so we made the call very difficult, but said, yeah, this is the right thing. Even if we have to um, reschedule it in a couple months or whatever, you know, we'll do that, but th we got to be safe and, and keep everybody safe. Like we didn't want to put anyone in the position where they had to decide be between seeing their favorite band and potentially getting sick or, or getting someone else in their family sick. And so we made the decision and then within 24 hours of us making the decision, it was just like the fucking NBA close, you know, like everything, yeah. everything like Disney world. Like it was just like, it was insane. It was like, we went from no other band has canceled to all tours are canceled. Um, and, um, yeah, it was fucking crazy. I got on a flight home for Friday the 13th. Oh. Really, really great. Uh, I was like, oh, cool. The first time I'm ever flying Friday the 13th and it's like in the middle of a fucking world pandemic. Awesome. And, um, and it was a really harrowing flight. Like there was really, I got stuck on the, the runway for an extra two hours, of course. And mm. this was the first time that I ever wore a mask for, I don't know, like 10 hours straight. And I was in this very like contamination fear mindset. I didn't even like take a sip of water. I was just like terrified the whole time. I had a person um, next to me in my row who was like coughing and sneezing and wiping their hands on the seat and shit. No, and, no. Um, yeah, it was just a total nightmare. Um, um. But yeah, so then like really... um it was just like this vortex of trying to make the right decision over and over again for the majority of people who bought tickets. Um, yeah. Because no matter what, it seemed like people were going to get fucked because it was mm -hmm. like, if we cancel outright, then everyone gets automatic refunds, but they don't get their fees back. Right. Yeah. So, so you get your refund minus all the fees, which the fees are pretty su substantial. Oh, yeah. And, then, and when the majority of our fans were telling us that they were hoping for a rescheduled date, that would mean they don't get their, their fee back. And then as soon as we put on an, a new date, they have to pay that fee all over again. So that sounded terrible. Then postponing all of the ticket agencies changed their refund policies so that the only way you could get a refund for a postponed show was if there was a new date announced. And that infuriated me when I read all of that. Cause yeah. it's, it's a whole other, that's a whole other Pandora's box. <laughs> totally. 
of, of I like I'm um, there's a venue that you've played here for years at uh, like called it was called Northern Lights, but Upstate Concert Hall, and they've yeah. always been a venue where you could get go to a box office or to like one of the vape shops and get a physical ticket for only a do- like for a dollar fee. And yeah. those, those what I'm, that's what I'm one place stopped doing it. Cause they were like, Oh, the people didn't know you could have cash. I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand what you're missing out on by, by not doing it anymore. I was like people that for that little frustration, people not knowing how to use cash or ATM, that still helps people because like they're like, everything's online. Like I miss the days of going to wait in line and like coconuts to buy tickets right. <laughs> overnight right. with my friends. <laughs> Like the you know, or but like now it's sitting online and buffering and waiting into quarry and losing it to bots and it's like uh oh, I know. Tell me about it. Man. <laughs> I mean And your end I can't even imagine how frustrating. Well it just gets so frustrating because you wanna do the right thing, but when you realize that like um these huge conglomerates are basically like, you know, making these decisions for you in a lot of ways. Like we, we I don't think we really comprehended how entwined we are to like these entities of like live nation and um all these other you know aeg and stuff and like how like we wanted to make just a simple statement of us um postponing the tour and we had to wait for approval on our statement and it's like what like fuck you like what what are you talking about yeah like they, they they literally made us wait so that they could make an announcement before us and make it look like you know like, oh. Not like some little band had made a decision before them. Because you guys have common us. sense and they don't. Cause... Yeah. Well, they don't give a fuck, you know? I mean, they, yeah. So it was very, very frustrating. And of course, then there's also real people in the mix at these places. You know, like there's a lot of people that have jobs through Live Nation that have jobs through AEG. And like, so I get that when a tsunami of every single fucking concert in the world is postponed or canceled and they have to give refunds for all that shit. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, well the only way we're going to be able to do that is if we fucking fire people or we change this policy. So it's like, okay, I get it. But I also know that there's some fucking CEO motherfucker not giving up his bonus and like, yep. or that he's going to get it, you know, in a couple months in some other way. So it's it's just like it pisses you off and you feel like, okay, cool. So our fans have to suffer because you didn't plan for this because you've been paying out bonuses for years to people instead of having an emergency fund for something like this. Um, and, you know, so it's really frustrating. But ultimately, yeah, we put on these new, these new dates up for the beginning of the year uh, in 2021. And if I'm totally frank, it's just like, we did that so that people who do need refunds could get them and also so that we could have this established that, okay, if, if things do get better, then we'd love to have a show. You know, we'd love to have this tour happen. But ultimately, if it doesn't happen, it's okay. Like, we're, we are not going to tour without being 100% certain that it's safe to do so and that people are not going to get sick um, by coming to see us play. It's just not okay. It's not, it's not worth it for us to risk that. And um, yeah, so that we could be in a scenario now where we kick the can down the road a whole bunch. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, there's so much uncertainty. 
And you also mentioned the other day that um, because of, you know, you're lucky because of Patreon and, and uh, your art that it's helped you because of, of yes. you know, people now overwhelmingly being on unemployment. And I've, I've been on unemployment, I think, two different times. And I can understand the frustration when it was not during a pandemic. So my heart just breaks for people not getting it now because I, I can understand, like, the fury of, of having to sit on a phone or wait on online or a web, state website that doesn't make any sense. And it's just like, how can you do this? These people are still suffering. Yeah, man. I mean, I can't even imagine because, like I said, you know, in that post, like, we are fortunate because you know, I, I mean, I, I still trip out over the timing of when I launched my Patreon, you know, I launched my Patreon like a month prior to all this shit hitting the fan. And, and, you know, obviously Circa launched it in the middle of this because we, we had to, right? Like we, we had planned, we've been planning on making a Patreon. We've been slowly working on the framework for it for a while, but, it, but we weren't in any rush to, to launch it. We were going to probably launch it in the fall at some point, And it was going to be very, it was going to be way more simplistic than what it is now. Um, so, but it really became our only alternative to really, um, to, to make any kind of money for ourselves. It was the only way we could do, we could do it. You know, it was like, all right, we have to make something. Luckily we're kind of the perfect band to have a Patreon. Like we have, we have uh, a fan base that cares about all of the members you know, and is interested in the history of the band and is interested in all the little things that we have, um, you know, from over the years, interested in the, the background, the inspiration, interested to hear us experiment with new versions of these songs, experiment with live versions of these songs, you know, in the quarantine session style and um, our cover songs. And Oh, the Tears we, for Fears is amazing, by the way. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh my God. It, I was so, so frustrated because the way I could download it on my phone, that is that I had to hold it up the whole time. So if oh, I back no. out of it, it started over. So it took me like three or four times. Cause like my, you know, my finger slips and I'm like, no, oh, I'm in the middle. Of it. <laughs> but it's so good. But that's what, you know, but that I, I've never heard of that before. Eventually. Um, I know my executive producer wants me to get on it. And that's one of those things that like, I'm learning about it through you guys and how that works because i've never heard of it before and you know i'm i'm the top tier member so i i every time i get an email and then when i get my my moments of just being by myself after work like i listen to the podcast or listen to the videos and i i mean i, I i'm very also intrigued because i know that your fan base just adores you as as i do um but to see the passion and that is always good to read and on the stories and whatnot and yeah and so I, I appreciate you guys doing that because now I'm learning more about different technologies. And even with this app that we're doing, I'm like, there's an app that can do this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 35. So like I'm in that, and I'm in that age where like, I'm, you know, we're in the same age bracket, but I was like the kid that like, you know, I, I went, when I went back to college, I was that 30 year old who realized that everyone in, in my class didn't know what it was like before the internet. So it was definitely like a mind fuck. Like my very first day in my business law class, I was the only one who knew about Napster versus Metallica. And like, it, like, <laughs> 
<laughs> like I was like, oh my god, this isn't happening. <laughs> like, yeah, how do you guys? That's some like millennial cusp shit. <laughs> yeah. Like they know what LimeWire to... was, which funny enough, I never used. But like, right. I've been that person where it's like I know how to do Excel. I can't explain it to you. But then you have <laughs> all of these new apps and stuff, and I'm like, does it waste my phone? Then I don't want to use. Right. I'm like that old, old age person and like a like pre millennial, whatever we call it, call me body in that sense. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's so funny. That's a, that's such an interesting, I think that's a, a very like, it's a really good dividing line for, for the generations, you know, the generations that saw the transition of like, you know, quote unquote piracy and like, mm -hmm. um, you know, torrenting and all this stuff all come to fruition and see, you know, some of the, um, some of the gatekeeping, uh, powerful entities that were really not trying to have it, uh, try to fight against it, like AKA, uh, Metallica and Napster, which is all really hilarious. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think there is like, there's a gap there between the generation that just came into music with this oh, I just have everything. I have access to everything. Or the generation that was used to sort of always, there always was a paywall. You're just mm -hmm. used to that. Oh, I just have to go to the record store or I just have to like buy it on iTunes or whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden now there's this new generation just coming into like, what do you mean? Like, you know, like there wasn't always Spotify. Yep. There, wasn't, there wasn't always like Apple Music or whatever, um, YouTube. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's, we're there one of those really attached to the wall, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. we were lucky if we got a conversation to ourselves. Like it's, it's, it's the simple things that the it, it does baffle one's mind when you're like, oh, oh yeah, God. you're not used to that. You don't you don't really know the struggle. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I mean, people like when I tell them that when I started touring, you know, we didn't have cell phones we 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 barely had access to the internet and MapQuest essentially <laughs> yeah yeah you printed out MapQuest directions for the entire tour and you put it in a binder and that's how you got through your tour and uh if you wanted to call home you had a calling card you mm. know um and you you called home every every couple of days from a payphone at a gas station and that's how you stayed in touch with people if you had a, a long you know uh, a long-term relationship or whatever you used your calling card from wherever you were staying you called whenever you could but it certainly wasn't like it is now where you can like just text every freaking minute of the day okay. and, and yeah. call every anytime that's convenient it was like okay uh, i'll try to like find a gas station with a payphone outside the venue uh after we play hopefully you'll pick up you know <laughs> yeah. like that was the way it was for so long and um and yeah, like my, my parents and stuff, when I was first starting a tour, it was like, I'll call you when I call you, you know, like, just, mm -hmm. just know that I'm probably fine, <laughs> you know, like, and that's really just the way it was. Um, but like, it, it's been funny, like this band, we really had an interesting arc of time where like in the beginning of the band, the first two records were, there was still an era where people were really actively buying CDs and, um, I still and have it from i bought it <laughs> i bought yeah. it from my job <laughs> yeah right can i tell you I mean, a funny story about the second oh, record though yeah. so i remember when they played it for us 
and I was the only one who didn't get it because I didn't know that Anthony didn't sound any other way. So I still love it, but I just remember that moment like listening and being like, oh, that's only what he, oh, okay. Now let me hear it again. Because <laughs> I was like, uh-huh, okay. I'm <laughs> like, this sounds like cool. Oh, okay. So it was, I just had that, that's why I think they still, some people still love me because I had that, never before you know it new into this but learning it being but brutally honest being like oh okay because <laughs> you know everyone's second records they always try to do something different and like I the music I heard but I was like oh no so that's how he's okay we got it all right now we can I get it I get it we're good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. that yeah. was my defining circle moment was the second record being like I don't I don't really like this <laughs> second record uh, and then being like oh okay now i get it that's the way all right we're good <laughs> but now it's one of my favorites <laughs> but yeah. my first reaction was like uh-huh <laughs> i don't mean i mean it's a weird it's a weird thing you know i think like uh for me it was always like a weird journey of the 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 releases you know like with with my favorite bands and just kind of like feeling this anxiety beforehand like oh my god is this going to be the one where i stop liking this group or like right where i just don't feel it anymore and there were lots of times and i I still go through this now i mean but for me i have just such a different relationship with music now that it's like i think i just have a different relationship with media in general where i'm just like i I'm just so grateful for it all that like I, if something does, doesn't hit right away, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, that's okay. Like I'll come back to it. And like, it's not like, I'm just very like non-judgmental when it comes to art, I guess. Um, I, I'm just sort of like grateful that it exists period. And I'm like, okay, like I might not be in sync with this right now, but I'll, I'll come back to it and I'll probably have a moment with it. Um, but during my fanatical years, you know, it was like, if my favorite band was putting out a new record, there would just be this anxiety that would build of like excitement, but also like nervousness, like, Oh no, like, is it going to be bad? Am I not going to like it? And, and then having like a really weird learning experience over time of being like, there are records that I really felt like I didn't vibe with when it first came out and feeling like, I don't really get this, you know? And then a year or two goes by and it's like the only thing I can listen to. And it's like, oh my God, like, how did I not get this? Or how did, I, how did I not like this? And it's like, I think that's just the power of art is that it yeah. syncs up with your life yes. in a way that is so integral that you can't even be aware of whether or not you like something or not right away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it, but like on letting go is probably still, like I've said, it has gotten me through life and so has um, a lot of your record, basically all of your records, but it, when it goes, when it sinks in with your life, like I, I said to you about how get out probably was one of the songs that like literally got me through dealing with my rape because like lyrically it like was how I was feeling of like wanting to understand why this happened to me and trying to make other people understand it with, but like not be as crazy as I'm in my head, but it's crazy how that like, got me through something in my early twenties, but then like later on in my thirties, it got me through something else. And it, it does, that's what I love about music and art is that there's lyrics that you write for some reason, but it has 
throughout the time fit into my life that um, you might not see, but I, I like that's why I to tell you I appreciate it because it has gotten me through it, you know. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's that you know that that song is a really good example of like that fucking like the lyrics that's my release that song. song that's a release yeah. song even yeah. to like even you know like there's those places people do those memes of like if you're listening and you're like on a cloud somewhere like what music does that like that song does it to especially the guitar solo parts like i am just like floating on a cloud in such a good mood i found something from like northern lights a couple years ago when you did it and me just like mm-hmm. losing my mind in it because it's the first time i got to hear it in a while <laughs> Wow. But that is that is that is a cloud moment like song. And I love even watching the crowd get into it because, yeah. um, you know, we can all know that we, we've all known that like this we, something in that music has gotten us through something, even if we haven't been the same issue, it got us through something. So that's what brings us together. Yeah. I mean, like being someone who's witnessed and been around a lot of, you know, Anthony's creations and stuff um and been a part of them i mean that song still to this day like sticks out as like one of the ones that feels practically channeled you know it's like i don't know where that came from but it came out so fully formed so quickly in a way that just had to be born into the world and i think it resonated with so many people um for for a reason you know it just really feels like he touched upon something quite universal uh in in that song and it's one of those ones i'm just like really proud to be a part of and just like fuck like yeah you really said some shit in that one you really really yeah you just really did something there that uh is pretty special and it was it was apparent from the time i first heard him sing a couple of those words but you know the first time we played it live like just the amount of energy that came out from the crowd singing back those words was like, it was probably the most chill inducing experience of my life. I just remember just being like, holy fucking shit. Like, yeah, like this is what I, this is why I do this. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for doing it. Cause I will tell you that all the time. I've, you know, and I've, I've, I know we have only have met twice. And I know it was the first time I met you guys as a whole. And I want to, I still want to call it skate and surf, but I think it might've been bamboozle at the time. It was like New Jersey. I don't know. Yes. And that was the first time I met you whole. And then I had a wonderful moment later on. um, The first, I don't know if it was the first time you guys did tour with Bryce, but you guys had like a little barbecue in the back that somehow I got invited to. nice <laughs> and there was like all of you guys you guys and like you guys just all hanging out by like this little grill campfire and you have your acoustic guitars and i'm like what am i doing here i'll take it and then I'm like, like, only so i can't wait to actually like introduce myself again to you in march when you come and be like absolutely this is the body this is the body to the voice that you've been talking to or tweeting with <laughs> it's so interesting because like you know like i i feel like you know like i know you because we've interacted so many times digitally and and because we have met in person um but i wasn't aware of like your just like your person when we met it was just like we were meeting like i meet a lot of people um Mm -hmm. but now 
but, but retroactively putting that together through our interactions and stuff and remembering, oh, right, yeah, like Albany, EBR, like totally remember all this retroactively, but yeah, it'll be a totally different thing when now with all this foreknowledge and get to actually hang out and say hi and hug and be like, yeah, here we are. Here we are. Finally. <laughs> but, in yeah. the present moment. I'm, I will, I, I'm, I was excited that you guys rescheduled that because I know that, um, you know, you'll, Albany will always have a love for you. Uh, it's just like, we, we kind of feel like you guys are like a home band in a way, in a sense, you know, cause, and the, 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 my friends that still like, when every time you come, we're like, see you there, see you there. All right, we're going <laughs> like, we, there's a group of us that are always like, we know we're going to be there because we've seen you play from, I think every venue that you probably could ever play here. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up with the venues right now? Like, have you heard much? Um, um so not a lot um it's interesting because now that i'm not in radio it's different to to well here's a uh talk about timing so when i was actually pulled off air in february they they initially said they're like we're not firing you but like we're gonna you know want to keep you maybe like someday go back on as fillers or but they wanted me to work concerts and mm. it was around the same time that i was hearing about what was going on and i'm like yeah, I don't trust this administration. So <laughs> I was like, I decided to walk away because they wanted to pay me to basically essentially work concerts. So I would have not been doing anything, you know, if that would have been. So it was kind of good for me to just walk away and end up actually back at the grocery store, but or still at the grocery store. But um, I do know, you know, I, I know the um, owners and, and promoters and they're slowly rebuilding or rescheduling shows. But there hasn't been much of a hearsay on, on them being in any of the phases because in New York, where I think we're about to hit phase three, but that still doesn't really give a lot of um, option for a, sh a concert, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but right. like SPAC has canceled. SPAC has, has always has a huge they canceled their whole concert season. And so then that go that goes into September. And, and even when the first waves of tours um were canceled that i was reading that i just was telling people i'm like i know you're upset but like don't expect to go to any shows until next year yeah. you know like and 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 it's but i'm also a person who like i sit on different boards of directors in my state and my county so i know update about things that might be going on and, and whatnot and hearing about phases and what people might think might go against their civil liberties or whatnot and um so i have it you know and working in grocery you just like I've been, I said to my friends, like, I don't, if these people are coming into my grocery stores, not with masks or not even like smelling, like smelling like they haven't showered, I don't want them coming into your restaurant or your tattoo parlor or your right. hair salon. Like, I don't, I, I know people might know their clients, but like those walk-ins, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't trust those. <laughs> and, and, and so I feel like with shows, it's going to be kind of the same thing where it's like, we, I feel like we have to wait to see how it happens with restaurants slowly back opening because those are yeah. more frequently visited than venues. Cause some venues don't have a show every day. Right. <clears throat> you know? So I feel like we're going to have to wait to see how the restaurants handle what goes on. And, and also the, you know, the nail salons, tattoo parlors and whatnot um, and see what goes on there. And then maybe more. Cause I don't think I haven't, I think everything at this point that I know that I was going to has been rescheduled for next year. So there yeah. isn't, 
any inkling of, of anything really opening back up. But it did give my city and, and town a chance to do to, to uh, learn more about doing stuff online. Um, you know, like we have our live at fives that go on like every Thursday that are free down by the river. We have like six weeks of it. But instead of having the national acts that we can get, we did all local acts doing like live stuff so it's interesting to see how you know radio and all these um festivals or things that we do music wise have been virtually going online because they we just don't see really anything happening until next year Mm. but luckily nothing has looked like it's going to like close close i feel like um i mean we don't have that many which is unfortunate you know um I don't remember if you guys ever played Valentine's, but that. Yes. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. got bought out by Albany Med, which is the hospital here. So that whole block is gone and is now apartments. So that doesn't exist. Somebody burnt down Saratoga Winners a wow. few years back. So we basically just have um, some of the downtown bar areas like the Hollow and then. Um, we have upstate concert hall and then the next things are really like the palace theater or proctors or theaters. So like smaller venues don't really come so far. We, we have like a handful of them, but they're part of attached to the restaurants mostly besides um, upstate concert hall. So it's, it's really waiting to see again, what the restaurants, how they can do because they can handle having people on the one side, being on the restaurant, keeping apart, but are they going to be apart from people at the shows who might be more condensed? So but like luckily none of the places have said they could not reopen back up some of them are definitely taking their time because they um which you know they have every right to but i really think it won't anything happen until next year yeah yeah and you haven't heard of anyone like actually having to shut down or anything because of like Mm -hmm. financial problems no i'm um i've seen upstate post about you know the the bill the petition they want to get in through about helping the smaller venues which i think is really important because those are two businesses you know those are um they're the same avenues as a restaurant that might be able to hold the capacity to have like a cover band or something or somebody play or do karaoke it's just you know it's 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 going into what we're talking about before like you know it's it's your uh reward you have your like i've had a shitty day i'm gonna go to a show and if i don't have that then it's like you go somewhere else but people forget that the venues are still those places that needs the support and financial because the people who may put on the show is not necessarily own the place right. and then there that becomes the issue of do you you know you know can um luckily i you know ted owns his uh the venue um, I haven't heard much about anything about them being in trouble. I mean, I, if it would, I would have probably be, you know, I'd see something about it. And I haven't seen like a GoFundMe, but um, the only only place that I can think of that I know we put shows on is attached to a restaurant. So they're just, and they have a, so they're slowly opening their patio, but they might also use that space to spread out the restaurant so they can still have people come in and sit down that they can't sit at the bar anymore. Right. Oh, but yeah, it's yeah, scary yeah. to know that, you know, your favorite, even from your favorite coffee shop to your, you know, favorite art store, your favorite 
yep. little mom and pop shop are going under, but it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And then it, be, then it becomes, you know, can the city help out? Can the county help out? Is there money? Is the state have money? I mean, New York is, Albany is broke for many reasons. That, that's another issue. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, you can just only hope that <clears throat> the city realizes how important music is. Cause they, there was, um, this old station that I worked at that we put on a, a block party at the end of the year. I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Maybe I'm not there, but I mean, I don't think that block party would happen because it's like the second week of September, first week of September. Um, but sometimes the county would fight with the station for budget because they, they knew it brought everybody together. There was never an issue. There was never any, you know, fights or like you know you could drink on the street there was never any you know like raving or anything like that so they knew that this was a good opportunity for like local vendors to sell stuff great music we would do this but they'd be like can you do it for less and i'm like well no offense but if we did then we wouldn't be able to get these people you know like you you want our event to be different than the the just with the local artists and we bring on local artists we have a they did a battle of the band so that you know a local band can open up everything but everything was national acts and and they're like you know it becomes like we have to pay them or like you, we can do this or we won't be able to do that so it's so mm-hmm. having that push pull is just like you, you you need us when you need us, but then when when we can do it for you, you 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 restrict us in what we can do, because you don't have the money because you rather spend it on something else that we don't need. Yeah. Ay ay ay. Oh no, there's so many layers. <laughs> I know. It's like it's an onion. Thing. We're not yeah, even Pat. Colin, we're not even in like the second layer of the onion of just the music. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> It's ridiculous, and it just seems endless. It seems like this whole, like, ever ever since uh, shit really hit the fan with COVID, it just seems like it's just, like, unraveling all of the layers of inequality, all of the layers of just, like, uh, just all the all the flaws in our system are just, like, shining brightly. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and... You know, as much of as much as it's a headache, uh, or it's beyond a headache, it's a fucking nightmare. Um, beyond the nightmare of it all, I mean, I just have to like feel like maybe this is the only way we move in the direction of changing some of these things for the better. Um, that's that's where my my head is, like, or I guess that's where like, where my heart is. That's where I'm hoping, I'm hoping yeah, that I this have is this- the time of change in that way. I have the same hope because, you know, being in grocery retail or even just being in customer service is one knows that's like you, you're like everyone's therapist in a way too, because mm-hmm. people come and tell you their, their problems and their issues. And, and I, I'm just a people person, but at the same time, it's just like you, like I've said, you can sell who's heard the word no before and, and who, people who um are now learning how to work um food stamp cards you know and 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 the 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 store that i work at up the road is some of the richest people in the neighborhood and then down the road is your middle lower class so there's that that melting pot of it but it's still predominantly white but then there's still that judgment of when people you know 
want to make sure this is the first time they've had her go on benefits that they've had a card that they've had to work and it's there's still that shame of it and i and it just still breaks my heart that people are still judgmental of those other people who are have to go on it because of what's going on and it's Mm. but to them it's like you're taking up my time of going to my my memorial day weekend party it's just like well you know you're gonna have to like those people drive me crazy because it's like they don't understand they just can't get their mind around them ever having to go through um what millions of americans are doing trying to figure out where their money's coming from or their next meal yeah i'm fortunate to have a job but some people you know i say i would say during out my day um you know 30 percent say thank you for being there 20% say thank you with slight complaint about something and then the rest just complain. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but it's my, I've been doing it for so long. I've been in and out of grocery for like 15 years. So I'm just like, yeah, I, 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 when I tell the people, I'm like, we're going to be in this for a while. It's because I see how everyone reacts at the grocery store because it's the only place that they can go. And I feel like, I understand it's probably the only place you can go. You're not in your house, but you still have to abide by the rules because we still work here and we still like to go home to our families and not get them sick. I saw my grandparents for the first time in like two months. Ugh. Like and if, if, if they shocked the hell out of me by <laughs> coming to my apartment, but I was like, hi, <laughs> but I was excited that I got to see them because I was nervous to go because they're where they live has been shut off to, unless there was AIDS because they're, you know, high immune and I right. work in groceries, so I didn't want to like be there and just go see them right after. But it felt great to finally get to see my grandparents. Be- yeah. You know, but, like I was, I knew I had to wait. You know, I just, I, I just knew this was more. This is more about just me. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, because I'm not within driving distance, you know, of any of my close family, so. <laughs> It's been just like, I can't, right? But, you know, seeing, um, you know, we've, we've done our Zooms and stuff and and then seeing my my sister and her partner, like, being on my parents' deck, but being, like, 10 feet away from them. They're all wearing masks and they're, <laughs> you know, hanging out, like, at different tables from each other, but, like, still talking and stuff. I'm like, man, it's so fucking weird. It's just it so is. weird. My only interaction with humans is like at the store. And so when, you know, like it's, it's even with my friends today, when I went over and had brunch, it just felt good to wear like leggings and no bra. Cause it was just like, you don't care. <laughs> like everyone gets to wear their pajamas cause they've been home and I've been in work clothes. So it's just like, I felt good to be um, like loose in that sense. But then yeah. it like to them, I'm like, I know it may sound weird to you. Cause and, and, you know, cause you've, you've been working from home but like for me it's like oh it feels good <laughs> like i i, I kind of envy some people in some way that they get to work from home because if i could do it some days in grocery i would <laughs> yeah i mean that, it's funny like the irony is like i have some kind of weird hang-up about working in sweatpants or like pajamas so it's like i i've had to like sort of get over that uh <laughs> like i really need to like get comfortable in my pajamas and sweatpants for all the people that are like envious of me right now. <laughs> really just do it for them. You know, cause before it, for whatever reason, being someone that that's had to have some degree of work from homeness for many years now, it's like, I don't feel like I'm 
in work mode when I'm in pajamas. I'm like, this is like sort of like a mental shift for me where I'm like, okay, that's how I can tell if I'm working or not working. Am I in pajamas? You know, it's like, otherwise (laughs) I'm just constantly working, you know? So I've had to like, um, be in this, uh, a little more mindful place where I'm like, okay, I'll keep the pajamas on, but I'm going to go work in the garage in my studio. So that way I'll know I'm checking in, uh, Cause it's hard to maintain like a healthy just work life separation when your house is like your, your workspace, you know, it's like mm-hmm. for me, um, I'm at home and there's some part of my subconscious that's telling me constantly that I should be working. And, um, yeah, it's not, not really the most healthy thing to be thinking and feeling. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> so weird. Cause it's like, I I long for the days of doing that. And it's like, I feel bad saying that because I I'm lucky to have a job. Um, but you, I, I honestly sometimes feel like when you're the only one, you're one of the few people that do, it's like the the world is upon you. (laughs) Mm. And it's like, I just want to do nothing, but like eat thin mints in my bed. Oh my God. Tell me about it. Uh, we started selling them at my store and I'm like, do you, you're about to give me diabetes. <laughs> like a box every day, you know, it's, it's that, that's that, uh, that cookie, that winning syndrome. I made it through the day. I didn't swear at anybody. I deserve a box. of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, it's funny because so many of my friends who usually, have to grind pretty hard at their jobs and stuff. A lot of them um, are in like situation where they're on unemployment right now. And, and quite frankly, there's friends of mine that make way more money than I do just through unemployment right now. Yeah. Um, and, and they're getting to just play video games and watch movies and just hang out. And I'm just like, man, I need to do that, but I can't. And I'm grinding so hard to make less than they're making. Um, yeah. Like, you know, it's another one of those things where this whole moment has given me pause and time to reflect on what I do, why I do it, what's so great about it. And, you know, it's been, I don't know, I, I take a lot of, like, there's just a lot of pride that I take in being able to do exactly what I want to do. Um, and, being able to have done it for so long and not, you know, I haven't worked a regular job in like, fuck, I don't know, almost 18 years, you know, it's like, I haven't had a a boss in 18 years. And that is something that I've chose, you know, it's something I want. So when it comes to the downsides of it, it's like, okay, like I, there are some things about it that are hard and there are some moments of it that are really, really challenging. And this is one of those moments that's really hard um, because it's not like it was before where, you know, going out on tour was a huge source of income and uh, it would, it allowed me to do what I wanted to do on my time off for the most part, even though, you know, it was was important to grind um, with my art stuff to, to make up the you know, kind of bridge some gaps financially, but like still it felt like totally living the dream. But when this all changed and it was like, okay, I'm now a full-time content creator for 
both Circa Patreon and my Patreon. And I also have to hustle my art stuff on, on as well. It was like, whoa, okay. When do I get to live? Because uh, basically up until the first week of June, I worked about 13 hours a day for seven days a week from March till June. And it was just like, wake up, drink coffee, hang out with Sarah for like 15 minutes and then get to work and work until I couldn't work anymore, fell asleep and then do it all over again every fucking day. And it's like, no matter what you're doing, no matter how much you love what you're doing, that's just not sustainable and it's just yeah. not healthy. Yeah. Have you, does, when you now talk about your art, have you, has it inspired you to do like, you know, well, first of all, tell everyone about your art. What do you do? Painting, drawings and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I would say probably a, a little more than I want to say, I want to say it was probably like in 2008, I started to get back into visual art. Um, again, I was always into it as a kid then even took an interest in it um around like my college years i did like i did a a year of foundation seminars like basically like i went to community college um as an art major and then um quit because i was very discouraged and basically was like oh, i'm never gonna do art again and decided to go full bore into music and um and yeah, so after many years of of kind of untangling some of my baggage when it came to visual art and dealing with a lot of downtime as a touring musician and a lot of like substance abuse problems that I was dealing with, like just like boredom, like, okay, I need something a little more constructive and healthy to do with my time while I'm touring and drawing and painting became a way for me to, you know, kind of use that excess energy and excess creativity and uh so i started doing that and just became obsessed and it became like this new outlet for me as an individual like not as a collaboration which i think was probably a very key part of that it's like feeling a little limited by just being in a collaboration where everything was just this democratic thing between myself mm -hmm. and four other people and then, you know, just feeling limited to that voice wise. And I think getting to express myself um, through visual art became really empowering for me. And, and yeah, I just started slowly taking it more and more seriously. It became a, a thing that I started sharing um, online through like MySpace <laughs> and then Facebook. Oh, the good old days of MySpace. Yeah, yeah. I probably had like about a year of MySpace, uh, like putting some art on there. And then now, did you have that classic argument or fight about who was in your top 10? Cause that used to just ruin friendships. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, I was kind of late <laughs> to the game. Like I, I kind of see myself as like, you know how like all of our parents and like, 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 uh, you know, extended family and stuff like all got on Facebook, like, 
fucking couple years ago, you know, and like we're all kind of like off of it, like on Instagram. Like there was kind of like, you know, there's just these shifts. And I think like I, I came to MySpace really late and I resisted it. I resisted having a an individual account on there for years because um, because of I guess I was just stubborn and I was like kind of being a Luddite and was like, I don't I don't want to participate in this. It felt very sheepish and mm-hmm. I didn't you know, I was just resisting it in that way. And and Circa had a MySpace that was very active and I was very active on the Circa MySpace. Um, and I thought of it as this very interesting experiment because I, you know, we had a rule for many years that we didn't, we didn't sign our posts. We all would, were, were, were posting on, on the MySpace, um, but no one was like saying who was, who was writing what. And we did that for a while. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we started to in, individualize it and sign our names. And, and then it became more and more of this thing. It's like, all right, well, we should just have our own myspaces as well as the band one and so i i started one where i could share some of my own music and put and i just started sharing art on there and that was the first time i really was getting like responses about the stuff i was making and it was really cool and and it happened to coincide with like you know i started a facebook for that very reason i basically started a facebook because i was like well this will be a way i can share my art and um and so it also coincided with a big down cycle of Circa being off for a long time in between on Letting Go and Blue Sky Noise. And so I just started, that was a way I was supplementing my income for a while. I was just making drawings and paintings for people for pretty much whatever they could afford. Um, and it was a way for me to kind of grow as an artist and figure out what I was doing. And, um, and then slowly throughout the years, I was like submitting to galleries and talking to people about having shows and, and yeah, I don't know. It just kind of all like snowballed and now it's just part of what I do. I make a lot of like pen and ink drawings. And then I also do a lot of like pretty like hyper colorful psychedelic driven paintings. And, um, I have interest in like all art though, you know, like I love, I love editing video. I love making, um, weird experimental videos. I, I've put some of those out on, on Instagram here and there, but, um, I like, I would like to get more into that. And I think that's something I've been thinking about a lot over, over the last few weeks of like, how can I integrate more of my activist side into my art more, um, in a way that's not forced. And I keep thinking about video and what, how I can use that. So, I, I fully support all of that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, it's a really, I, I don't know. I just think everyone should make art in some way. I think for, for themselves, like, because that that's what that started out as for me. It was just a way for me to make something that was just for me and a way to sort of exercise some of these weird feelings and thoughts that were barely conscious, more like subconscious notions and, it's a good way to get to know yourself and a good way to kind of express some of that excess uh, energy and emotions. Yeah. It's like what I feel about sometimes about like writing, you know, yeah. even if it's like writing in my little journal, it's, it's just an expression that you sometimes have to get out. So, that, you know, at least it feels, feels you have it written down. So, you know, that you've, 
And when you go back and you're like, I, same thing, even going back to what I was talking about, like your music with your like the lyrics, like you can go back and you can read something that you wrote and you can, you know, help you grow or it makes you um, want to say, all right, I still might have to go back and, and learn from it or how do I feel about it now? Yeah, totally. I mean, art is so weird that way. And, you know, whether it's lyrics or drawings, paintings, whatever, like there's been so many times where I look back on something I made and something that I could have swore I did just because I thought it sounded cool or just because I thought it looked cool. And then all of a sudden I just see like how activated my subconscious was in the making of it and how I was expressing something that was deeply integral to my experience of life at that time. And it just blows me away. Like I think the power of, the power of the subconscious and the link and role it plays in art making is absolutely just like mind blowing. And it's totally, um, it's something that not enough people talk about. It's, um, it's a really, it's one of the, the best ways that I've gotten to know myself and really understand like, how did I really feel during that time? How did, like, what was I really, um, struggling with or what was I really dreaming about? Or, you know, uh, all this stuff can be deciphered from the work I was making at the time or the things I was writing. And it's really interesting. Oh, we're hitting up two hours. My editor is going to kill me. <laughs> I know. This is good. But it's this such is good. A, I know, but it's so free flowing. This is why I can't, like, now I'm just like, I can't wait to talk to you for years. And then I can't wait to see you in March. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, this feels we'll so natural. You. you definitely have to um, email me um, what, like, if you want to give me a bio or, like, links sure. to everything so we can definitely put it up um, no so that everyone knows. But. And on a personal note, thank you for being one of the reasons that have kept me going through life because, you know, Circa has been a band that, um, I mean, even I, you know, I tell Anthony too, but I, you know, some, most, some of you guys don't, <laughs> I follow you guys, but sometimes like, inter like you interact back. Some of the guys are like, yeah, we're here. <laughs> Not saying in a mean way, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, I'd say thank you for keeping me alive for so long. You know, it's just, it's, you've been an integral part of of shaping me and in, in, in who I am. So I thank you very much for being on my podcast and for spending the time chit-chatting. Oh man. Well, it, it goes both ways. As you know, um, you've done plenty to keep us alive too. So, you know, I don't go as far as Anthony goes where he'll say like, we didn't keep you alive. You kept yourself alive. You know, like yeah. that's like kind of the way he feels. And I think that that's a healthy way to look at it. But for my, my, viewpoint is basically like we've kept each other alive you know so yes um, yeah i'm i'm really grateful for that and i'm grateful for you and i'm so super stoked that you're doing this podcast i think you're a wonderful host and i think that well, this thank is you. Be something that's going to be really cool to watch grow and um yeah i'm just well, so it, happy it, that you found an outlet through this fun fact anthony's supposed to be doing my theme song but i'm not gonna knock out of her not having it ready because i'm like listen we are all going through some shit like <laughs> take your did time you, uh, <laughs> did you happen to hear the episode of our podcast yes. where he was supposed to come up with a theme song and did it <laughs> yes and it ended up being uh, like rock lobster or something how well uh -huh. let me let me tell you, the, the Circa fans that came up with their own music, I was digging every single one of those. Dude, those were so much good. good stuff. 
Yes. The one I had stuck in my, I can't think of it now, but the one I had stuck in my head later because it just had a good beat to it. And then when you guys, the one that you guys want to do is talking over the news felt perfect. Oh, yes. So good. <laughs> so it's like me laughing in my bed at like one in the morning when I get a chance to listen because it was, I was like, I love this. <laughs> this is so good. You guys are so very good. entertaining on those. So it's, it's, and it's fun because like even watching with the documentary, it's like I, I've, I've interact with you through business, but then being a fan of quick and brief, but then when mm-hmm. you, um, it's one thing to like see the documentary and, and go through that, but then you get to hear you guys just talk as like, you know, you regular folks, you know, you're talking about getting kicked in the balls when you're dads. <laughs> it's just like, this is what I love, you know what I mean? This is why I can't understand people are like, so why are you guys saying being political about, but if you can hear them talk about being regular folks at home and family lives, then what's the difference of them talking about being supportive of, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me, but keep keep getting me intrigued and in, in patreon i will learn i learned through you guys of what what i can do with it because i'm like what do i do do this just this do i do this do i make so oh yeah of course and yeah i'm always here always feel free to hit me up if you ever have any questions about that stuff i've kind of uh gotten the role of like patreon master at this point and like definitely um have lots of ideas for people whenever they do them so you know if you're gonna launch one hit me up i'll give you some Oh, for sure. Thank you so much. Of course. Um, (laughs) Also, just a heads up, when we're ending here, we should um, keep the window open, like stay until it fully downloads your track. Okay. And then it will email it to me or I have to get a link? Yeah, I'll email it to you. No problem. Okay. And then Um, um, next Sunday, I do have to work. I promised a girl I would work first so she could be home for Father's Day. Oh, no Um, no stress. Yeah. But let me know when you're, because I think like Wednesday and Friday next week, uh, I'm good. But I'm always, again, like home after like five or six. So even if it's seven o'clock my time or later, you know, I come home, I play my little fish them game, and then I watch. I'm really into like. (laughs) ghost hunters and ancient aliens and stuff. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I, I don't i don't watch most of the news because i see it on there everything else that i just like you know watch all of their like supernatural stuff to be oh, like dude <laughs> have you seen hellier no but oh, i my really, god i've really gotten into the dead files okay cool so i don't know if you've heard of that show it's, yeah i've definitely heard of it yeah, i haven't gotten into yeah. it though I watched one. I'm still laughing at t- about this one thing because last night I was watching this episode where this ex-cop was getting terrorized by a whole bunch of things. And he got really pissed when he found out his wife was trying to get uh, a Wendigo was trying to like eat his wife. And the way that he reacted to it was that bro mentality. Like, I'm going to fuck you up. And I'm like, dude, it's a Wendigo. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so like baffled. But I mean, I, I get it. You want to protect your your family, but I'm like, did you hear what she just said? <laughs> like, what it can do to you? <laughs> but what is what is that? Did you say it was I'm hell? Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the link. Um, it's okay. a show that it streams on Amazon, but it also is on YouTube for free, and um, it's like a totally DIY paranormal series called Hellier, and it's incredible. Ooh. And I actually wound up interviewing like for the people that were um that made the show they're really amazing and um yeah i think you'll i think you'll really get into it it's pretty oh yes thank you yeah i'll link (laughs) you up perfect um cool well should i stop the recording you think yeah yeah. do we need to like say anything do we need to say say bye Mm -hmm. if you want to say anything
<laughs> Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I am super stoked and I can't I'm, wait. I'm so excited. There. I got so excited when uh, you said yes. I was like, yay. <laughs> Hell yeah. But I will say that Dan Sanshaw says hello. Hell yeah. Dan. Dan is Dan is still one of my homies. We chit chat every every few weeks, you know, especially with like sports and stuff. If I've gotten into a show in the last few years, it's because I had to be like, could you help me out? <laughs> I'm a little poor. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Dan's the um, best man. Yeah, so he's good, but I told him I was like, "Yeah, I'm excited. Colin's gonna be on." And then Anthony said he said he's in. Um, I don't know if he's we're gonna do it in March or whenever he has the time. So I'm Amazing. grateful that you guys want to be on. So thank you. Of course. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. I'm gonna hit stop now. Hold okay. On. enjoyed the second part of my conversation with with colin of circus survive you can check out all of colin's information including his art and links to circus survive over at our website at shaysays.com i okay in my defense about hearing anthony's voice realizing it was hit okay let's go back so i remember sitting there listening to the the second circus survive record at the label and not being like awed by it because I was still I was in radio at the time as well so I'm used to being like in music meetings hearing like the second albums for singles and like you know people sell it to me saying oh yeah they're changing it up they're doing something different so I'm always used to the sell and the pitch and then hearing the transition between like a first and second al- you know either uh, the, you know between any album between you know people especially uh, when I was in top 40 radio. So that's where my mindset was still, um, dealing with like being in radio and having that, like, he, like having like a weird ear for like listening to an album and picking out what is radio singles, but like what is radio singles in top 40? Because I just, something where I just been in top 40 where I can hear songs and I think like, oh yeah, that's, that's, but then like when you listen to an album, you're like, no, this, this song represents the band. So that's where my mind has, has always been with, um, listening to like new stuff so in my i'm new to this whole not not should say new to the whole emo screamo scene but i was new to listening to second records from artists and bands on the label so when i was listening to it i was just like I, musically i was like this this sounds great I go, I was just, I was for some reason thought that Anthony Green's voice was going to be different. Maybe because I heard him on Sounds of Animals Fighting and I was thinking like, okay, okay, I can see a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> but then I didn't, I completely didn't know about Seosin either. So that is my defense of what I was kind of like, oh, that's how Anthony sings. I get it. I love it. <laughs> some people may, may not sound, and some people may like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Jay, but that's okay. That's, I just want to say, I, I still... I still thought it was funny to me because it just took me a second to be like, oh, that's how he sings. All right, cool. I get it now. <laughs> I love you, Anthony. <laughs> ah. So coming up, we are going to have Miguel Fuller's episode popping up. I'm going to sit down with uh, my homegirl, Jane McBride. I'm also sitting down with my friend, Dan Manalong. Uh, Dan Manalong. I ran into him 
um, at my uh, friend's 4th of July party. We were just chit-chatting away. So he's going to sit down and talk about what he's been doing. We used to work together. But he's been putting on sh shows at his house for, like, forever. It's the Chateau shows, if you know. He also um, is a co-founder producer of MW Neighborhoods. So it's going to be cool to sit down and talk with Dan, because he knows a lot about... Ooh, excuse me. Like, the local Albany scene music and what is going down there. Please forgive me. I'm going to have to blow my nose for a second because there are some boogies hanging out and it's I'm just that person. <laughs> I make sexy noises when I blow my nose. Mwah. Allergies are fun. <clears throat> Between the snows, I mean, I don't snow. I love and loving these rainstorms, but then when it gets hot again and the humidity and the pollen comes out, my... My nose is, uh, I, I call myself a bunny rabbit because I do the little bunny nose. I'm always like, me, 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 me. I know one thing again I'm doing, but you can't see, but to me, that is my weirdness. Uh, we're going to go back. Okay, so the phone number, I'm going to read the phone number again because I'm, I'm going to want to make sure everyone knows. We have a voicemail. If you want to leave me a voicemail, may hear your question or comment or whatever on our next episode, I will respond to it. Uh, if you want to give me a ring, it's 518. 618-4924. I do have to set that up in my phone because I actually don't remember if I can find the instructions at Sam. At some point I know. Do you ever like go through, you, you know you have text messages and then like you, I'm that person that maybe keeps the same like 10 people um, don't delete their threat, the threads, because I know that there's information that I'm just too lazy to copy and paste and email it to myself, and it's easier for me, <laughs> for me to scroll up. And so I'm waiting to see, like, when we have so much stuff that is in a thread between me and my producer that, like, Verizon's gonna be like, okay, we're gonna have to stop now. Um, the, um, you guys are gonna have to delete one of this, so. I'm slowly getting ready to go to work. I had to do Instacart. <laughs> on Saturday before um, everyone went to their party and it got like the, it was normally always busy in the morning as it does when you work at a grocery store especially on a holiday it's crazy busy we did run out of mayo again and then it just died out by like three o'clock three four o'clock so everyone was about partying but I'll get get into more of that into a upcoming episode we still haven't had any word from Hanson still waiting we'll see See, I'm also excited that I just saw that um, Jamel Hill will be serving as producer on the Kaepernick document series that will be a part of his deal with ESPN and Disney of the compilation of Undefeated. I cannot wait for that. We also see that there's been a warrant, arrest warrant out has been issued to the couple who are wearing Trump shirts, and sh this woman is literally painting over a Black Lives Matter mural, um, and she's painting over it in black, and it's one of those things where I'm like, claiming that there's no racism going on, by the way, so the irony of all this, but my favorite part is I'm like, she does realize after all that time and energy she's going to spend trying to paint over the Black Lives Matter mural, it's still going to say Black Lives Matter just in black ink, or just in black paint, man, <laughs> But, uh, I'm sure you had a great workout. I mean, was the yellow just too distracting? Was it, do you think, 
maybe painting it in black would make it, I don't know. Less hurtful for your eyes? What, what? What's going on there? What is all that? What is all that? <laughs> I love how the internet, will, the internet will always remain undefeated with all of the memes and jokes it's got coming out on um, the lack of people at the Trump rally celebration. Fourth of July. So funny. <laughs> really, I'm... It, um, I want to see what's going to happen because I ordered the two tickets to the Trump rally that I totally attend, uh, I'm totally not attending, but I just want to get the email that says like, if like masks are required or like some, I just want to see if they send like some weird shit in the email to be like, oh, okay, yep, you guys are definitely trying to not care about humans by letting us, by letting not us, no, I'm not going, but letting people just show up without a mask. <laughs> I'm just reading all my comments and my friends that I said I'm like who wants to go with who wants to not go with me and I think we've probably combined probably have reserved at least 30 tickets so far that nobody attends to plan on going to ah <laughs> uh, good times I, I have to go get ready for work I also need to find some cream for these gigantic bug bites that I have <laughs> everywhere. Uh, God. Yeah, so, yes, coming up Friday, we got, I believe, Miguel Fuller's interview. Sit down with Jay McBride coming up. I'm also going to sit down with some of my friends from high school because, um, you know, when you were the... Uh, when you were a person of color at a high school that's pretty much 96% uh, white, you know that sometimes there's racism that goes down. So I'm going to sit down with some of my friends and continue with our unapologetically black series can't wait to just reconnect with some of my friends from high school because we feel like we're in like our own little family because we've had to deal with so much ignorance going there that like it's made us stronger as people but like closer like you know we may not like see each other all the time but like we just have like this love for each other and respect for each other so i can't wait to sit down and chat with them remember we are on facebook uh, Shay says, my Instagram is Miss uh, Jasmine Shay. Our Twitter is at Shay, oh no, at says underscore Shay. Unless I got it wrong and Sam wants to beep in right now to say I did. <laughs> I love you guys. I'm so glad that we had this time together. Remember, always, always be you. You will never be erased and not on my watch. And I'm probably going to still probably be recovering from my friend's party up until tomorrow. Because once you hit a certain age, you have to realize your body can't accept taking that many shots anymore. <laughs> as delicious as they may be, you are going to be feeling it for a few days. <laughs> I know I will be. Remember to stay hydrated, wear a mask, and wash your hands. Love you guys. Bye! Production.